Any other questions, guys? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 643 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, January 17th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We have team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. we got all 32 NFL teams covered. We've got about 29 or 28 hockey teams, and most of Major League Baseball filled out as well. So if you are a fan of a team, there's likely a Locked On show for you with a daily local perspective on your favorite team. So please get on that. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcast. It's very much appreciated when you do that. All right, on today's show, uh, it's a continuation of my chat from the old Patreon vault with Joe Wolfond. On Wednesday, we gave you a little bit of an amuse-bouche for the Mike James seven-minute interview that we basically centered the entire episode around on that Patreon episode talking about the 0506 Mike James season. And so this, we really get into the meat and bones of the the Mike James press conference that was heard not really around the world because there was three people there, but still, it's it's a very famous press conference in Raptors history, probably the best soundbite the Raptors have ever produced on any level from anybody. That includes Sam Mitchell and 000, that includes Ball, that includes Masai Ujiri, you know, believe in your city, believe in yourself, that includes Kawhi Leonard laughing into the microphone. It's that good. So, and so again, part one of the conversation you can hear on Wednesday's show after I break down some news and notes, uh, and here we're going to get to part two in just a couple seconds here but first I want to tell you about my bookie you the type of fan who knows football or basketball so well that you could choose any game and call it well my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet between football season the NBA the start of the college basketball stretch drive it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie if you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little and win a lot try a parlay for instance if you like a couple of the big favorites in a given week parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout so if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants you to get your mind off everything else and get back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you're getting an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, all one word, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, and let's uh, finish up the Mike James talk with Joe Wolfond once again from the old Primo's Pasta and Ross Patreon page, now released for public consumption. Enjoy. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, all right, let's continue on. You didn't build it. It's not like you came in and sold yourself as a, some sort of classic point guard. I mean, they traded, been, uh, they traded for me. If they, if, they, if they did their research on me, I've been a... I've been a uh, jacking, I've been jacking my whole entire career. So, so when they traded for me, you know, it was no different. I haven't played no different than what I've always played. You know, my scoring average has went up every year of my career, and my assist average has went up every year of my career. And so, my thing is, you know what? When you found me, when you saw me, when you knew me, I was coming here. You should have did your research on me. If you didn't like my style of play, you should have never traded for me in the first place. Sam was talking about. Oh how- my God. He just dropping truth bombs. Man. He is like again. I guess this must have been something where Sam Mitchell must have said something. 
And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if Mike ba- if Rob Babcock had never seen Mike James play before he made the trade. <laughs> that wouldn't stun me if he's like, yeah. I thought I was getting this dumpy point guard. <laughs> yeah, with a name like Mike James. <laughs> We're going to get to other Mike James in a little bit, but um, any other thoughts on the late this, this part of the rant from, from Mike James? No, man. I mean, he's just like he's entirely right. Like this is uh, this is the guy you got, and uh, you know if you're going to empower him by giving him 40 minutes a game, uh, give, like handing him the reins of the offense, um, I feel like uh, you know you get what you asked for. And his consistency that he put, that touches on is actually remarkably accurate because he every time every season of his career he averaged somewhere between like 12 and 15 field goals per 36 minutes. Uh, he averaged somewhere like right around five assists per 36 minutes. Slight fluctuations here and there, but pretty consistent the entire time. And he shot pretty much the same percentage his entire career. He had one season where he shot pretty poorly from three, and he had the one outlier with the Raptors, or, or two outliers, I suppose. But for the most part, he was like a pretty high 30s three-point shooter. So like he was terribly, terribly consistent. So anyone who had... Any idea of like what was going on with him throughout his career should have known exactly what they were getting. Like it, obviously smaller doses, and he wasn't playing forty-eight minutes a game for Houston, but the the per thirty-six minute production was always the same. So he's not wrong here either. Like he's been right with everything he said so far. Here we go. How guys can change that you know Chauncey became more of a classic point guard over time. Is that something you, you would try to do? <laughs> See, you gotta understand, Chauncey has a great team. You know what I mean? Where <laughs> Chauncey has about maybe five other guys on his team, they can have a great night. And when you have a core like that, all the pressure on you to perform is not like that, you know. And so I'm not changing who I am, you know what I mean. I am who I am, and I've been this way my whole entire career. And this has gained me success, and maybe this has, you know, turned people away from what's going on. The things I'm changing, I'm getting wiser in this game. I'm getting smarter. <laughs> I'm getting better with age. I believe I'm like, I believe I'm like wine. You know, the older I get, the better I'm going to get. But at the same sense, though, what I am is what I am. If a person don't like it then you know what, then they have to go another their direction. Because Okay, uh, so essentially what he says here is Chauncey's a punk because he has good players around him. My team is shit, and <laughs> I am shining as a result of it. Is that pretty much what we can glean from this? Well, I think they're saying, like, the question was, like, you know, people can change, like, Chauncey changed. He wasn't a pure point guard. Now he is. Right. And... You know, Mike James took that as like an opportunity to kind of uh, throw his teammates under the bus and say, like, um, <laughs> yeah, like Chauncey's got a good team. I'm surrounded by scrubs, so like, <laughs> this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. Chauncey um, doesn't have to be a gunner like me, right? He doesn't have the ability to be, even if he, if he, even if he had to be. I don't, I don't know why I'm inferring Chauncey Billups shade here, but. I can only imagine as someone who started ahead of Mike James at one point in his career, Mike James probably has some animus towards Chauncey. <laughs> I think they were boys, actually. Like, I think um, I think they got along. I think, like, Mike had, like, a healthy respect for right. Chauncey. Man, yeah. uh, Zach Lowe really dropped the ball asking Chauncey Billups about <laughs> Kevin Garnett's stories and not Mike James' stories yeah, on the most, right. most recent Low Post podcast. Come on, Zach. That was a great... A great pod, but yeah, definitely lacking in Mike James content. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's continue here. Because when I'm playing well, when I'm when I'm when I'm like 10, 11 straight games, where I'm averaging a certain amount and I'm shooting over fifty percent, and my sister turnover ratio is great, and we win, nobody says anything. You know what I mean? Nobody even talks about it. They oh, we love them. But now that I've had two, two, mind you, two, 
You know what I'm saying? Bad shooting nights. And yes, I did go five for 25. That's all right. That's what they judge me and rate me on. So be it. I'm prepared. You know what I mean? It's all good. If you want to judge me on two games that I played bad and still had 36 and 10 against uh, Phoenix, but had a pretty bad shooting night, only shot 45, 46%. You know what I mean? And only had one turnover. And then last night, five for 25 and still had 10 assists. You know, if they want to judge me on that right there, so be it. I hope. But my thing is this. I'm not changing who I am. You know, I'm not going to change how I approach the games. I'm not going to change how I am on defense, how I am on offense. I am who I am. And if a person don't like it, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, I shot terribly. Yes, I I, I, I'm, I, I had a horrible, horrible shooting. I shot 525. Yeah, but I had 10 assists, bro. <laughs> I love, like, him throwing in, like, the assist to turnover ratio. Yeah. Him, like, it's so clear that he's just, like, like, sc- like scrutinizing his stats like like looking for like any possible opportunity to just like boost himself my assistant turnover ratio my per is through the roof <laughs> yeah i was like my win shares for 48 check that shit <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god man there's still two more minutes of this two and a half it's outstanding yeah. let's continue what about teams though mike you have have bounced around a few teams. I mean, I think it's because of your, of your unwillingness Balls to change. Balls or... Because I went to Duquesne and I was undrafted. Mm-hmm. And if I was a if I was a lottery pick coming out of college, I probably wouldn't be treated the same way. I'd probably be treated with a different respect. And I'd probably be treated a different type of way. But because I was labeled early in my career as an undrafted rookie and uh, should be happy to be in the NBA, and it has nothing to do with my change. You see, the thing is this right here. I don't need everybody to love me. I don't need everybody to love me. I don't care who don't love me. I don't care who love me. All I need is one team to love me. You know what I'm saying? And that's all. That's why I feel. You know what I mean? I don't care if they, if a person critique me. I've been criticized my whole entire life. I've been criticized my whole entire career. And it has nothing to do with me changing because you know what? They know that when I step on a court, I play with my heart and I play with my passion. And a lot of times, a lot of cats can't say the same thing. What you, so what, what do I got to do in order to be called a point guard? Average 20 assists in a game? Is that what I got to do in order to be in this game? But the thing is, it, I'm not trying to please nobody. You know what I mean? I'm going to get out of this game what I give to this game. And I give 100%. So I'm taking 100% out of the game. And if a person want to label me, if they say I'm not a point guard, if they say I'm not this, you know what? I just hope that whoever says it or whoever wants a pure point guard, go look for a pure point guard. You know what I mean? It, it, that's, just, that's just the bottom line. If that's what you want, then why would you want me if I'm not exactly 100% of what your team needs? I think the phrase, I just need one team to love me, kind of sums up his ethos during this entire period. Yeah. Because really, it all was just about getting one team to pay him. And hey, he tricked the Wolves. Good job, Mike James. Uh, good job, Wolves. Good job, Glenn Taylor. Good, good job, everybody. <laughs> but like, I just need one team to love me. It ended up working out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, like, he set out to do something, and he absolutely did it, so... Props to him for, for having a vision and executing it to perfection. <laughs> Anything else from that passage before we move on? I mean, no, just like the like the, the spinning that question back and like saying that like he doesn't he is not appreciated because he like went to Duquesne and went undrafted. It's just it's jazz, man. Like just an absolute work of art. It would be interesting if like the Raptors took him as an undrafted free agent guy to like 
in the Fred Van Vliet mold to see how that would work out today. I, I wonder if he would take to the sort of team ethos, or would he just comment? Would he just be the bench unit himself? I would imagine yeah, it's probably the yeah. latter. <laughs> I feel like the, I feel like the culture, you know, is is strong enough now that like he would be held accountable, and um, you know, would kind of either shape up or ship out. Mm-hmm. I hope. <laughs> but uh, then again, I mean, how do you uh, think Mike James would be on Instagram and social media right now? Is he on Twitter? That'd be a good. Place I think to he play. is on Twitter. I mean, he played in the big three this past. Oh, that's year. right. Uh, I, I watched him this year. What am I saying? Yeah. And I think he was even like on Chauncey's team. Right. Um, but he was like really bad, uh, which was super <laughs> disappointing to me. I'm like, <clears throat> I remember like, I checked his numbers when when the big three was coming to Toronto, mm-hmm. and he was like at that point in time like 0 of 14 from three on the season. Oh man! And disappointingly, hadn't shot any four pointers, which is like really I didn't. <laughs> I would have expected him to be like a high volume four point shooter, but. <laughs> No the four-pointer is underutilized in the big three. Mike Bibby's the yeah, only one who really... I think he was the only one who hit one at the Toronto one. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. One guy. Like that, that does seem like a Mike James shot. Like Absolutely. You think Mike James would be the guy who like pulls up from 35 feet nowadays? To try to stretch um, the defense? Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy certainly always had a high opinion of himself and his abilities. So, mm. um, yeah, I think, I think you would definitely see him like taking some like from the logo shots uh and like i said like he was he was really really good at shooting pull-up jumpers like Mm -hmm. absolutely one of the best in the league that season so here's one for you Um, uh better gunner season in raptors history this mike james season or lou williams when he won six man because there i guess the argument for mike james is that it was ridiculous and hilarious and he averaged 20 a game because he set his mind to it the argument for Lou Will is that he won six men and they were a good team that season. He won 48 games or 49 games. What do you think is the better Gunner season? Oof. I mean, I guess it depends, like, it depends how you define better. Uh, like, you know, I thought Lou Will was actually, like, he was a pretty important part of that team, I guess, for better or worse. Like, he was definitely a part of what was wrong with that team, but they also relied on him pretty heavily. And... That team wasn't particularly fun in the end, obviously, uh, but they did win 49 games and open the postseason at home for all the good it did them. Um, <laughs> so I guess you'd have to give him the edge there. But like, just as far as like pure shameless gunnery, like I don't think anything will ever top Mike James. And like the shamelessness of it really comes through in this interview. Like, oh yeah, just so so unapologetic about it. Um, and I really appreciated that, man. Like, I appreciated his honesty and, you know, staying true to himself and uh, just being defiant in the face of, uh, of criticism. We have, you got to respect it. Yeah, we have 40 more seconds left here. Let's uh, finish this thing up. Oh, man, Maybe a glorious another 40 team seconds. another team would rather prefer a Mike James and another team would rather prefer a greater, a, just a pure point guard, pass first um, type of person. You know what I mean? I'm just a playmaker. I don't just say pass first. I make play first. So if the pass is there, I'm going to pass it. If the shot is there, I'm going to shoot it. I guess we'll find out this summer. Hey, only time I'm going to tell. I'm going to be on a golf course. And also boxing. Boxing this summer? Definitely. Is that in the contract? That's some of the huh? best exercise you can get. And that's the reason why I'm doing it. Because next year, I thought y'all saw something this year. Wherever I go, if it's Toronto, if it's anywhere else, I'm going to be a terror in this NBA for at least the next five years. Oh, Funny my thing. God. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, man, what a way to end.
of course, for the next five years, he was paid by the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah, this is like the part where the narrator comes in. He was not a terror in the next five years. Uh, what was it? A fi- was it a five-year deal when he got, or a four-year? Four years, twenty-five got, million. Yeah, I, I believe think it was four years. Yeah. Um, uh, but he was traded, I think, in maybe his second year there. Um, yeah, it was not long before the Wolves were like, nope, uh, we're all set here. Yeah. This was just before. I wonder if Mike James helped accelerate the uh, Kevin, Dar- Kevin Garnett disgruntlement and moving him out. Because I can't imagine those two personalities would uh, would coexist particularly. Or maybe they would. Maybe they're so, they're both such alphas that maybe they'd kind of like game respect game type of thing. But I can't imagine KG was like, yeah, yeah, please take all the shots, Mike James. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Like, I think his uh, field goal attempts and like his usage rate went way down the following season. Like, yeah, was... he did start... 65 of those games. Uh, he shot yeah, only 12 field goals a game. So yeah, down three from the Raptors season. Shot 37% from deep. Uh, and just averaged... Or I'm looking at per 36, so what did what he average per... It was like 10.1 per game. So yeah, it, it was a far cry from the gaudy numbers he put up the season prior. Yeah. Yeah. The assists as um, well. I mean, just uh, 3.6 assists. I mean, come on, Mike James. you got to be averaging 10 assists, buddy. Come on. <laughs> you got to be averaging 20 if you want to be known as a pure point guard. <laughs> um, but I'm actually, like, surprised that... So his usage rate that season with the Raps is only 25%. That's insane. Low. Yeah. It must have been, uh, like, 18 in the first three weeks, or the first three months of the season, and then gone the, way the hell up. Yeah, that that's possibly the case. But that's, yeah, that's definitely lower than I would have expected. Um, yeah, I would have expected, expected like a Demar level, especially near the end of the year where he was just taking every shot, right? Like, I guess sure. uh, the assist, man, the assist balance it all out. <laughs> He's not that, lying. Like, that gets that gets factored into usage rate as well, because um, just about like how many how many possessions you're finishing with like, like a bucket or a turnover or an assist. I think no, no, it's bucket turnover or uh, isn't it an assist? I, 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 I should know this, <laughs> but either way, if that's the case, then that seems even more ridiculous and kind of implausible. But yeah, yeah. Um, perhaps we've misjudged him. Maybe. Um, <laughs> we have a couple questions that came in, listener questions. Uh, first one was from Matt Schantz. Why are you doing this? I mean, come on, dude. It's it's, it's a noble effort, I think, that we're going through here. Uh, yeah, somebody needs to defend Mike James's honor, man. You know, nobody yeah. else is willing to do it, so. Yeah, again, he was not great. This was a bad season entirely, but it's nice to have something fun come out of it and something that we, we can do a podcast about 12 years later and laugh about it. Um, question here from uh, Gorhe Jarbahosa. Discuss the ripple-slash-butterfly ripple effect if, A, the Raptors retain Mike James in 06-07. Let's start with that one. So what happens if they retain him, pay him, uh, use the money that they saved by trading Jalen Rose and waving Antonio Davis, and instead of using that money on Anthony Parker and Jorge Garbajosa, maybe they repl- instead of one of those guys, they sign Mike James instead. What happens? And then they don't they don't trade for TJ Ford, presumably. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I mean, how much really changes? I mean, the the team the following year obviously isn't as good that. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but I have to assume that ultimately, you know, Jose comes for his job regardless. Yes, at some point. You know, um, if they don't have TJ Ford, they never trade for Jermaine O'Neal. 
Wow. Is that, is that so? How does that... Because they traded TJ Ford and Roy Hibbert for Jermaine O'Neal. Oh, I, I did not remember that TJ Ford was part of that trade. Yeah. This is after um, Al Horford broke his back, I think, but... Right. Still. So, um, we yeah, like, I mean, we never see TJ Ford, who is excellent, and I, I really enjoy, I put I put him a lot higher than I think most people wanted him in my all-time ranking, so I think he was yeah. awesome. Um, but we never see him traded for Jermaine O'Neal, which I think that the spiral of trading for Jermaine O'Neal and then trying to overcompensate by getting rid of him and getting Sean Marion and then not signing him and then using that money in the offseason to take to, to, to sign Hito, like the spiral effect of all of that put them very much in the bottom of the toilet. And, and maybe Chris Bosch stays if Mike James is around? I don't know. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's certainly uh, it's an interesting uh, alternate history to ponder. Yeah. Uh, also, B, what if the crazy production in 0506 never happens and the raps are even worse? Again, debatable if they would have been worse or not. Uh, and like they ended up getting the number one pick anyway. But say they end up with like a different set of lottery balls and don't end up with the number one pick because Mike James just has a regular bench gunner season. What do you think happens, and like, who do they take? Say they get like the third overall pick. Uh huh. Um, I mean, that was such a bad draft. Like, holy shit. Uh, they. I don't think they would have taken Aldridge just because he really was kind of just like a poor man's Bosch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the positional overlap there, like, they probably could have made it work. Uh, I just don't think they would have drafted him. Um. So. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they would have ended up taking Brandon Roy. It was super <laughs> nice. Uh, realistically, they probably would have drafted Rudy Gay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we would have <laughs> we would have gotten a, a glimpse at him in a Raptors uniform a few years earlier than we did. I, I always wonder if they would have done Brandon Roy. I always wanted them yeah. to. I, and I always would have traded Brandon Roy's like six years before the injuries hit for anything Barks did. Even though, even even with the knowledge that the injuries were coming, I think I would have done yeah. that. A hundred percent. Like the, yeah. Brandon Roy was incredible. He was like, so fucking good, because, man. He was like a top ten player. Yeah, like he was. He was maybe. I think probably like the year, the two years, like before he got injured, he was like the second best shooting guard in the league mm-hmm. after Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wade, I guess. Yeah, he was insanely good. Um, um but like. Yeah, he was, and uh, and like you know, it doesn't matter that you know we we knew what was coming in the end. Like what we got from Bargnani was, I mean, it, we don't need to talk about it. But <laughs> yeah, like having having Brandon Roy and Chris Bosh on on the same team for a few years, I, I think that team would have been really good. Like that team would have been a contender in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Is there a more 2008-2009 player, Wizards player, than Mike James? Because he was on that team. I'm pretty sure that's um, the gun team. <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm pulling it up right now. I just want to make sure I'm correct. But, yeah, Gilbert Arenas, Andre Blatch, D. Brown, Karan Butler, Javaris Crittenton, Antonio Daniels, Juan Dixon, shouts, Brendan Haywood, Mike James, Anton Jameson, JaVale McGee, Dominic McGuire, former Raptor, Deshaun Stevenson, Nick Young. Like, what a fucking team. Just, yeah, outstanding stuff. Oh, 
That he is the most. Yeah, like that. I'm so glad he was on that team. Um. Are you there? Um. I think you cut out for a second. Yep. Okay. Do you have something to add? Um. Um. Sorry. Was Mike James on that team? Yeah, he was on that 0809 Wizards team. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. I did not realize that he was on that team. Yeah. He started 50 games on that team. Yes. So that was the year that, that Gilbert, uh, like, he was injured. He only played two games that year. Right. Well, did he play? They went eight, nine, oh my god, they won 19 games this season. So was this the year where the, with the poop shoes? Or was this another year? Because, like, Crittenton's still on the team. Was it the next season um, where the yeah, poop so shoes the next happened? Yeah, the next year must have been the gun year. Uh, well, the, Crittenton's not on the team in that season. So it must have been 08-09, because Crittenton's gone. Mike James is still there. Gilbert's still there. <laughs> But um, okay, this we is gotta this, this out. is this is unreal. Um, Gilbert Arenas, come on, come on. Where are you, buddy? Is he still on the team here? I, I don't even know. Oh yeah, no. Gilbert played thirty-two games in oh nine ten. I think he played and right. yeah, I think he was fine and healthy and just pooping in shoes and, uh, <laughs> and whipping out guns in the locker. Just and, normal. No, normal he only stuff. did play two games. That's right. He played 34 games over two seasons. Wild stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so he was injured while doing all this stuff with the guns and the poop shoes. That's and Mike James was there for all of it. This is this team needs a book written about it, man. Yeah, there've been some great retrospectives written recently about this team actually. Like, yeah. There was uh there was like a really good Deadspin piece about just like this era of Wizards team that was outstanding. Yeah. Um But yeah, I guess like they like Gilbert was injured, and they brought in Mike James to replace him. Yeah, and Eddie Jordan got fired after 11 games because they started 1-10. and 10, And they finished 19-63. Wow. I've, I've, I've said since this uh, past Warriors team won the title, no person is more upset about that Warriors team with JaVale McGee and Nick Young winning a title than Eddie Jordan. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, really, man? And probably Gilbert really? Arenas. Yeah, Gilbert's probably not too thrilled either. Andre Blatch is just hanging in the Philippines and is fine with everything. He's content. Um, my God, what a team! Do you have any other thoughts on like we had another question from Gorge Jarbahosa about Mike James's other stops after the Raptors? Um, any other like stray thoughts about these? Because he like bounced around for a couple years. Those two years in Washington, although he was only on the team for four games in 09-10. Um, I think he might have gotten hurt because he didn't play in the NBA the following season. He went to play in Turkey for a year and then came back for a brief couple of years with Chicago and Dallas at ages 36, 37, and 38. Um, but I, I don't know, any stray thoughts? Because it really kind of petered out quickly for him after Toronto. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I don't even really remember like anything about his career after that season. Like I remember, yeah. you know, kind of taking him at his word that he was going to be a terror in the league for like five <laughs> years. And... Um, Obviously, you know, it didn't happen in Minnesota, and then they shipped him out, like, after his first season there, and it was just, he kind of, like, fell off the face of the earth, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I lost track of him, and, and, and it's kind of better this way, I think, just because you really have that, like, one season yeah. that just stands out as this, like, great outlier, uh, this historical anomaly that uh, I get to cherish for all time. It is extremely cool. Uh, we got a, another question here from Jacob Mack, other Patreon subscriber. Uh, 
Superior Secure the Bag Season, although he has a typo called, and it says Secure the Bad Season, which is even funnier. But Superior Secure the Bag Season, uh, Mike James or Larry Hughes the season before? Um, I think Larry Hughes probably got a bigger contract, but Larry Hughes was like at least, you know, like, good, a, I think. Like, like a quality NBA rotation player. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he wasn't, he was obviously never nearly that good again, but, uh, for Mike James, like, to come out of nowhere <laughs> to average 20 a game, like, I don't know if that could be topped. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever but, see a Mike James season like that again. I really don't. I don't think it's, like, set up for a team to allow... Like, who would even be a... Can- if there's an NBA player right now who's a candidate to have a Mike James season, who, who do you think it is? Um, <laughs> Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, like... Um, I mean, like, I guess, uh, I was going to say Zach Levine, but he's also, like, he's proven that he can be, like, a pretty good scorer. Yeah, he's, like, very Larry Hughes-ish, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although Larry Hughes was, like, a good defender, I suppose. Or at least was, yeah, a, was good made, at steals. Yeah, he an all-defensive team. Yeah, he was good at steals, at least. Yeah. Um, um, it's just, got to think of, like, a backup point guard or a point guard who's going to get minutes on a really bad team. And the only ones I can really think of are, are in Orlando, and it's like DJ Augustine. And I don't think DJ Augustine's having a Mike James season. I don't think he's capable of that. Like, is there someone on, like, Detroit, maybe? Because they don't have any point guards? It's it's tough. They don't have any point guards. I mean, Ish Smith? I guess he, yeah. He could, he's Ooh, kind of been Mike James maybe, in it up for a little maybe, while. Uh, maybe Trey Burke on the Knicks? Ooh, yeah. Doesn't have the same sort of path in that he was a top ten pick, but similar right. opportunity on a very bad team to trick somewhere. Probably just tricking the Knicks into paying him. Really, <laughs> <laughs> he just wants a team to love him, man. Yeah. Um, who's like the backup on Atlanta? Like Jeremy Lin won't have a Mike James season. He's actually kind of good. Um, just trying to find teams without point guards who could potentially have someone just. Be like, no, 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 this is my team now, bitch. Um, and yeah, it's it's not like Marshawn Brooks is on the, the Grizzlies now. He's more of a wing than a point guard, but I could see Marshawn Brooks really having a season if, if things go poorly there and like Conley gets hurt again or something. I can mm-hmm. see that. But yeah, no, I, I just don't think we're going to see it again because I, I think teams are probably too smart to pay a guy like that in the offseason. Like, like, I don't think we'll ultimately see a guy be like, yeah, I can go do this, and then someone will be like, yes, pay me based on half a season. That was very right. mid-2000s idiot GM type of thing to do. Um, who was the GM for the Wolves in that hat? Was it David Kahn? Or what, is, that, is that his name? I think that preceded David Kahn. But, okay. uh... We'll have to look this up, Wolves GM history, because, uh, I mean, it's been a storied history of good GMs there, of course. Um, but It was Kevin McHale. Oh... Kevin. I'd like to talk to Kevin McHale, though. What the hell he was thinking? Yeah, well, he's probably at a Trump rally somewhere, so. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> fucking Kevin McHale. Dwayne Casey coached Mike James that season. Wow. How did we not think? How did no one ever ask Dwayne Casey about coaching Mike James while he was with the Raptors? I don't know. Dwayne Casey got fired 40 games into that season. Oh. <sighs> Is Mike James the reason? <laughs> Investigate? <laughs> Man. How did we not even... Oh, my God. Didn't even cross my mind. 
And now Dwayne's gone. We can't ask him until he's here with Detroit in two weeks. But still, my God. Anyway. Yeah. That's disappointing. Uh, another question here from uh, David F. Since I know nothing about Mike James, one, uh, is Mike James the greatest Raptor ever to sound like he's got two first names? Ooh. Um, trying to think who else would be in the running for that. Yeah, I, I'm going to pull up my ranking every Raptor list. It's it, off the top of my head that sounds like it's probably correct, but I don't know. Danielle Marshall, does Marshall count as a first name? I don't know. It's kind of a last name. I don't, I don't think I can count that as a first name. Or as a whatever. <laughs> Marshall could be a first name, but like I, I just, it's enough of a last name that I don't think you can really call it that. Um, like no, Carter. Carter is a first name, is not. I guess I think it's been like co-opted as a first name after being a last name for a long time. But I, I, I guess Kyle Lowry, man. Yeah, Lowry's not a first name. I guess Lowry Markinen. <laughs> no, I mean, Lowry's named his son Carter. Oh, it's yeah, you're you're right. It is a first name. Oh, how about this Doug Christie? That that's one Christie. That's an interesting one. The the unisex name. Um, let's go through. There's got to be somebody. Tracy Murray. Tracy Murray's is a, man Murray. You don't, you don't not a lot of Murrays anymore. Terrence yeah. Ross, I suppose. You had to throw that in there. Well, I, yeah, I know. I, I just... <laughs> um, Keon Clark. Okay. Yeah. So, no, he's not the best, but he's he's among... He'd be on the starting five, probably. Yeah. Let's just say he exists in a long lineage of storied raptors with two, with two first names. Uh, he's a little one tier ahead of Garth Joseph. Let's... <laughs> Corey Joseph. I didn't think of Corey Joseph also. Um, yeah. But yeah, Mike James, very good uh, first name, last name guy. One other thing. There was an NBA Mike James that wasn't Mike James, capital M, capital J. He played for the Suns and maybe a couple other teams. Did it offend you that there was another Mike James? Like, did you find it gross that there was another Mike James that people now talk? Like, when you Google Mike James, this guy also comes up and it bums me out hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's disgraceful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like go with Michael, dude. No, dude. <laughs> uh, Mike James, new Mike James is kind of a good story too. He was like uh, one of the first guys to like get his two-way. I think he was the first guy actually to get his two-way contract converted to like a full-season deal. Am I right? Uh, that sounds right. I'm not Blake um, Murphy. I don't know that for sure, but it sounds right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. He. Yeah. He had a couple nice seasons, I suppose, or one nice season. 2017-18 played 36 games total kind of petered out eh. I guess it's not that offensive because he wasn't like amazing and didn't really kind of but a guy had one nice season and then petered out I mean he's really doing justice with the name <laughs> oh man do you have any uh yeah. any stray thoughts about Mike James we could probably wrap this up soon I think we've covered everything but any parting yeah. shots about Mike James that you'd like to get out there no, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty well been covered, but I just, like, the reason I wanted to come on and do this was because I feel like, um, I remember when, uh, Raptors HQ, I think it was Mitch Robson who did it, like, the least likable Raptors bracket, yeah, um, yeah. a couple years ago, yeah. 
and and Mike James is like a like a number one seed. Yeah. Um, and, and it really like that really bummed me out, man, because I, I just I don't understand how people could like feel any sort of animosity towards him. Like mm. it was a lost season uh, that was never going anywhere. He injected some unpredictability and some swagger and some genuine joy into that season. And uh, for that, I will always think back on him quite fondly. Yeah, he didn't ruin their lottery odds by being, like, actually affecting winning. So that's good. He, I mean, yes, they ended up with Barks, but it's not his fault. It's Rob Babcock's fault. Uh, or no, it's Brian Colangelo's fault. Because uh, Mike, did Mike James cost Rob Babcock his job, or was that going to be <laughs> lost anyway? I would like to think that was going to be <laughs> lost anyway. But if Mike James cost Rob, Rob, Rob Babcock his job, then that's probably the single best thing he ever did for the franchise <laughs> uh actually let's just officially the official st- stance of primo's pasta and ross is that mike james lost rob papcock his job and thus is a hero and will be forever there you go yeah uh joe this was really really fun hopefully we could do another one of these down the road you have requested as a patreon subscriber a podcast about mo pete's crazy shot and michael ruffin's butterfingers at some point Maybe we'll have you on that one. Maybe I'll have Mike Morris Peterson himself on that one. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's just we're early days in this Patreon thing, so we'll see how it all transpires. But that will be a podcast at some point. Uh, Joe, where can people check out your work? Uh, check out my work at the score, score.com or the score mobile app. Um, I features there full time now, which is great. Yes. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Joey underscore W. Um, and, uh, yeah, I share most of my work there, so uh, follow along, and uh, you will get a lot of NBA content throughout the season. All right, so that is going to do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks again to Joe for joining me a year ago to talk all about Mike James for, like, an hour and a half. It was a blast, and I hope you enjoyed that uh, that very fun chat, because Mike James ruled and was uh, one of the more interesting characters in Raptors history. I will be back again on Monday, of course, to recap the games over the weekend against the Wizards and the Minnesota Timberwolves and that should be all those games should be fun you know pretty easy opponents all things told and the Raptors are healthy again and hopefully Fred Van Vliet comes back and here's hoping we're speaking about a Patrick McCaw free rotation on Monday I'm not terribly hopeful but you can dream I suppose uh all right that's gonna do it thank you so much and uh we will talk to you I guess Monday but Monday there's an afternoon game against the Hawks so there's a chance I might just do like a late night episode to recap all three games just go segment by segment with three recaps but uh, either way, we'll have an episode of some kind out for you on Monday at some point during the day. And then on Tuesday, I believe Vivek Jacob and Sahal Abdi are going to join me. and We're going to do a little halfway check-in on our prop bets that we made before the season. I don't think any of us are doing particularly well. So stick around for that next week. Lots of fun stuff coming up. And, of course, the Sixers are up next week. We have a full schedule on tap for you. So stay tuned and have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you next time with another episode of Locked on Raptors. <laughs>